You're listening to the Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Ooh, that's a bingo. Last segment to go on this week's episode of the Pipeline Show. We are going to have a U Sports update uh, as we're like to talk about U Sports uh, hockey here on the Pipeline Show. It's the uh, next natural step for a lot of players who have played in the CHL to go on and use their scholastic package from whichever of the three leagues that they played in. And uh, my next guest played in the Western Hockey League for four years with the Spokane Chiefs, uh, his hometown. Speaking with uh, Keanu Yamamoto of the McGill. Well, I was going to say the Redmen, but uh, name change. No new name yet. Uh, so he's uh, playing for the McGill men's hockey team. How about that, Keanu? Uh, yeah. All right. Keanu, welcome to the program. Uh, thanks for taking the time today. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, uh, tell me about the season so far for uh, McGill, uh, looking at the standings. Um, not that far behind the uh, the front running teams, and uh, a big weekend coming up. But how how have things gone for for your club? Uh, yeah, I mean we battled a little bit of year in the beginning of the season. We had both our captains out, but uh, it's a new year, and I'd, I'd say we're trending upwards with everyone back from injuries and stuff. And uh, so big weekend uh, coming up. You got Ottawa and UQTR. Uh, the two teams that you're chasing or trying to track down uh, in the standings. Uh, um, how have you fared against those clubs so far this year? Um, we have not really. I think we've only played UQTR once this year. Okay. Uh, I don't remember the score, but uh, I think it should be a good game. Ottawa, um, yeah, they're a good team, so we have to bring our A game, but we beat them. They beat us, so it's just really who comes to play, I guess. Uh, third season for you at the U Sport level, uh, all of them obviously at McGill. Uh, you have 17 points in 19 games right now. You had 21 points each in the previous uh, two seasons. So more production for you this year. I guess that's kind of just natural. You've been at this level now for three years. Uh, yeah, I mean, you always want to progress as a player and uh, – I think I've uh, took great stuff to do that. What led you to McGill? Uh, interesting because I, I look at the roster. I think there's only one other WHL guy, one, only one other American. That's Dalton Galley, and he just joined the the team right after uh, starting the year in the ECHL. Um, so, what led you to McGill? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not uh, normal for like the West Coast guys to come over here, but I thought I wanted to travel, like uh, see the world a bit, and uh, I heard it was a good school, so. Just talking to them, it seemed like a good fit for me. Was it a, a an easy transition for you? I mean, you're an American guy. You, you grew up playing, well, in the States, obviously, and, and uh, spent your WHL career in your hometown. But then you go across the country into another country that doesn't speak English primarily. I guess it's bilingual, but uh, the, I, I'm guessing there had to have been some sort of uh, culture shock there. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, it's definitely a little bit different here without uh, everyone speaking English. but. I mean, being on a hockey team, it makes it a lot easier to uh, adapt over here because, I mean, that's just how hockey teams are. You become really close with your team pretty quick, and uh, I'd say that happens. So, transition. Did you know anybody on the team when you first got there? Um, no, I didn't. Uh, I knew really mutual friend, and I was able to. Uh, Exchange some texts with him about the school and talk to him, but uh, besides that, I didn't know anyone. 
Interesting. Uh, and uh, leading up to your decision to go to McGill, I mean, was there something academically that that made that the right uh, the right the university for you, or what are you studying? Uh, yeah, definitely just hearing uh, like the reputation of the school and stuff, and then uh, I mean, that's kind of what led me here is just hearing how good of a school it was, and then uh, getting out of uh, the West Coast a little bit. Sorry, I missed it. Uh, if you if you said what you're studying, I missed it. The phone kind of cut in and out there. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, I'm in the arts program here, going for a major in economics. Oh okay, great. Uh, Keanu Yamamoto is my guest here on the Pipeline Show. Four year member of the Spokane Chiefs now in uh, year three at McGill University and uh, having a pretty strong season there, second leading scorer on the team. Look back for a minute at your time in Spokane, uh, or at least your time in the WHL with uh, the Spokane Chiefs and uh, the memories that stand out for you. Uh, when you think back, what immediately comes to mind? Uh, about the Spokane Chiefs? Yes, playing in the WHL. Um, I think looking back, the first thing that comes to mind is all the friendships that I made. Uh, I was there for four years. Uh, I've got to live at home, and I met a lot of cool people, and I think uh, keep those friendships the rest of your life. So definitely looking back uh my WHL career, that's the first thing I think of. Now, your brother, uh, Kyler Yamamoto, obviously uh, was uh, a member of the, the Chiefs with you. The age difference between the two of you, I think it's only a couple of years. So did you did you get to play hockey with each other as uh, youngsters, like growing up, minor hockey, or was it was that Spokane the first time you had that chance? Uh, yeah, actually, we played a couple times when we were younger. Um, they would, my parents would always try and get him to play up, uh, on my team since it was only two years. So, like, um, like how minor hockey works, sometimes you're playing with people that are your younger, and sometimes you're sure. playing with people that are your older. So, yeah. when I was playing with people that were your younger, they'd try and get him moved up so that, uh, like the travel and stuff was a little bit easier on them. So I mean, I think I got to play with him twice when we were growing up. Okay. So that was pretty cool. Was one of those times with the uh, Junior Kings in L.A.? We didn't play together for the Junior Kings, but okay. we did live in the same billet house uh, with a family. They live in uh, El Segundo, awesome people. But they both got to live there together, and they have three kids. So it was a, it was a good experience. Okay. Uh, so I, I'm guessing then getting the chance to play with your brother in Spokane, in your hometown, with the Chiefs at the WHL level for a number of years, uh, that had to have been pretty special. Yeah, it was really special. I mean, it was something that uh, I couldn't really pass up. I kind of made it just at a camp, uh, kind of like a fluke accident almost, but uh, he told me that he was for sure going to play there, so I uh, decided not to go the whole American college route so I could get a chance to play with him. So it was awesome. Well, I know both of you had been drafted by USHL teams, different ones, but um, was part of the attraction to go to the WHL route, as you said, I mean, it's almost like uh, Kyler convinced you to go to the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, um, when they offered to sign me, it was uh, it was kind of hard to pass up. Like your hometown team, grew up watching them, and then uh, my brother is a uh, like high on their prospect list and they told him pretty young that he was going to have a spot so it was a pretty hard uh, opportunity to pass up play in your hometown like that uh, Keanu Yamamoto, uh, formerly of the Spokane Chiefs, now with McGill. He's my guest here on the Pipeline Show in this U Sports Update segment. 
Um, tell me how the WHL and your four years in that league prepared you for this next step in your career. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I mean, it's one of the best leagues, uh, in North America. So the hockey wise, uh, for sure, it, uh, got me ready for my youth sports career, but, uh, you know, like the, I think it uh, helped me grow as a person, and that's what uh, really helped me transitioning into uh, university life. Because it's uh, it a change from just uh, not doing anything all day, just worrying about hockey, to come in here, and then you have to live on your own, go to school. So definitely, uh, those four years like shaped me into the person I am today. And Travel at the U Sport level a little bit different than riding the bus in the dub and you know driving down to Portland or up to Prince George or over to Edmonton or or uh, uh, Prince Albert or Brandon. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot less. Uh, I think the longest trip we do here is maybe ten hours, and we do like once a year. Yeah, but uh, in the dub that was pretty normal. I mean, Port, I mean, Tri-Cities is the closest two and a half, but outside of that. We'd have to drive at least five for Seattle or six for Portland, so it's a lot better travel schedule in esports for sure. Now, when uh, when it comes to the uh, WHL scholarship package, uh, for the uh, the casual fan who's listening to this might not know the ins and outs and, and how it works. Um, how has it worked for you to go to McGill? You get a year of uh, tuition and, and uh, books paid for, um, but is it easy to use? Like, is it uh, is it complicated or has it been a pretty easy? Uh, a program for you to take advantage of? Oh, it's uh, it's really easy to take care of. I mean, uh, you just like fill out a sheet and you send it to one of the WHL reps. His name's uh, Greg Gardner, and then he basically takes care of it for you. I mean, it covers my full uh, semester tuition, and I mean my full year tuition, and uh, I don't really have to worry about that, which is nice. So I just got to worry about buying groceries and paying rent up here. But that's about it. Uh, just out of curiosity, the Edmonton Oilers were through Montreal here uh, in the last little bit. Did, did you and uh, and Kyler have a chance to uh, reconnect? Yeah, he actually uh, he had a day off here, so we got to uh, go to dinner, and uh, that was nice. Yeah, it was awesome. Awesome soon. Awesome. Well, Keanu, listen, I really appreciate your time today. I wish you the best of luck uh, moving forward, and I, I assume when you're done at the U-Sport level, you're looking to uh, continue playing your uh, uh, your hockey career and uh, moving on to pro hockey? Yeah, I mean, that's the goal, to play hockey as long as possible, so we'll see what happens. Excellent. Thanks for your time, Keanu. Yeah, thank you. That was awesome. There is a Keanu Yamamoto from the uh, McGill. Well, I was going to say it again. I was going to say the McGill Redmen, but they uh, like the uh, Miami Redmen in the NCAA. They are undergoing a name change, kind of like the uh, North Dakota Fighting Sioux. Uh, everybody changing the names to get in line, and I have yet to hear that McGill has settled on a name. So for now, they're still the men's hockey program at McGill University. Started that uh, conversation off. Sometimes, you know, I, I call guys and I chit-chat a couple of minutes before we get going. And, you know, it might be some jokes just to try to get them comfortable. Uh, I think, I don't know for sure, but I think I may have woken Keanu up when I called him. Uh, so even my uh, my little opening joke there really bombed. Oh, well, that's the way it goes. Uh, but I appreciate him making the time and uh, I appreciate the folks at McGill setting that interview up. And with that, that is the end of this week's episode of the show, and uh, that means it's time to crack open 
a, a beautiful this one uh, a daycation from troubled monk looking forward to ah, oh that is delightful again all guests are joining me here on the pipeline show join me courtesy and via the troubled monk hotline uh, brewery based in red deer alberta they have uh Tours of the brewery are available if you uh, want to stop by. you got to book those in advance, though, but uh, recommend it. Go check it out and try some of the brew. And if you go to your local liquor store and they don't have Troubled Monk, raise a fuss, say, what the heck, get some Troubled Monk in here. We need some ASAP. Say, so we want to try the Golden Gates or the Pesky Pig or the Bucktooth Belgian White, the Open Road American Brown Ale, the Troubled Tea, or this beautiful daycation that I'm enjoying right now. Awesome stuff, and thanks to Troubled Monk for coming on board with the Pipeline Show. Next week on the program, more of the same as we'll have a continue on with the 2020 draft spotlights. Uh, I'm sure my NCAA guest will be a Canadian player. Hopefully uh, I can track one down. That has just recently recently been named to the Hobie Baker list of uh, like 80-ish nominees. We'll keep going around and across the CHL and bringing you more of the future of the NHL. That all coming up next week. A reminder, if uh, for those who haven't signed up yet, you can be a patron of the Pipeline Show, and that'll give you access to these interviews two or three days before the final show comes out. Uh, most of these interviews I did on Wednesday. As I'm speaking with you right now, it's Friday. You might not listen to this till Saturday or Sunday, whenever you get around to you download it, or it automatically downloads for you. But by the time you listen to it, it might be you know three or four or five days since the actual interviews well patrons of the show can have access to the interviews about an hour maybe half an hour sometimes after the interview has actually been completed i upload it edit it all down and put it together and upload it to, to the patreon page what's that patreon.com slash the pipeline show that's where you go you get all the information a couple of bucks a month that's all it takes and you can have early access as well between now and next week, get out, watch some junior or college hockey so that you and I can talk about it next week right here on The Pipeline Show. Until then, my name is Guy Flaming. See ya. See ya.